live from Baltimore, Dubai. It's the smoothest, hairiest <laughs> podcasters in this part of Baltimore. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're back for episode four. That's right. Four whole episodes already. And I feel like uh, I'm getting my groove on. I feel like I'm getting... Um, I'm getting started in here. I feel like Fergie, Apple D app, Will I am, <laughs> all in one, and the other guy. Pod, we are, we are, we are. <laughs> um, what are we? What are we going to talk about today? So I don't, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a pretty good topic since in the last one we covered how to start a painting, kind of. <laughs> we uh, tried. It's. I mean, it's hard to. It's going to be very difficult to have that in a two-hour or whatever one-hour pod um but you know so let's just get started today i feel like we can we can talk about crits a lot in our run at podding maybe we'll even reach 1000 podcasts like joe rogan that would be so wild i i think that after a thousand podcasts you should just quit (laughs) (laughs) but that's what he does that's what joe does yeah don't quit joe rogan i'll miss you so how was your week I don't know. Let's not do small talk on the no, pod. You don't want to do small. Th- well, yeah. all right. I just wanted to tell you, Gage, then that um, I am really honored to be podcasting with a real comedian. Oh and, no, I'm not a yeah, real comedian. I listen. Don't let him. Don't uh, uh, interns, audience. Don't let Gage be very humble. Extra humble. He's a comedian. I've seen him perform twice. Have you? Yeah, I went to the bar. You were performing at the bar. Do Do you have any valid crits for me? Any anything that I could I could build off of? Maybe have some jokes next time. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest criticism was that maybe your jokes could have been funnier. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> um, no, but, it's okay. I can take it. Hey, listen, we're doing a new medium now. I mean, this is. This is different. This is com. This is like uh, real time comedy, real time kind of improv. Everyone yeah. loves improv. Yeah, yeah, I love improv. So Renz shot me a text the other day about a topic that I think that many of our interns will be familiar with, and pretty much everyone is familiar with, and that's the topic of criticism. Look, guys, um, I'm not sure. How many of you have had art school experience? But that's a big deal. That's a big deal in art school is is criticism. One of our classes was um, hmm? Just a little yeah. closer to the mic. Would, uh, one of our one of our classes. Sorry, uh, I think I need to make the sound a little sexier. One of our classes, low and slow, like Joe. It was um, a required class called critical thinking, in which. We were tasked to think critically. Now, for those for those of you who don't know what the word critical means, it comes from the the Greek, uh, the Greek, Latin, <laughs> Roman. Um, the etymology is um uh um <laughs> the etymology uh, is uh, uh, um yeah. So <laughs> to critique is just to observe something in a way where you're thinking about everything about it it isn't necessarily negative or positive but you face a lot of critiques criticisms in art school is used on art um in the real world it's normally used on 
language or the way that celebrities present themselves or if you're in a if you have a job interns um and this is your job if you have a job you'll probably have to critique things pretty frequently whether it's your own handiwork like how good is your is your spreadsheet or maybe you'll have to critique like how well did i screw that screw into that wall how good is my framing will someone if someone stands on top of this house i've built will they fall off the roof yeah like for me day to day how good like right now i'm critiquing myself uh, am i far enough from the mic am i close enough to the mic do i sound sultry and smooth enough we claim to be the smoothest podcasters and the hairiest and we're look we're there we're there folks listen to my voice it sounds like chocolate milk um but anyways back to the topic at hand criticism looking in and looking out yeah and critical theory um for those of you who wasted your money at liberal arts school is basically looking at a bunch of different ways that people are going to interpret information so there's that falls Basically, when you look at the news and people are talking about things from a feminist lens or they're criticizing the male gaze or they're criticizing or interpreting um, conversations about race or they're interpreting like a music video. If you watch YouTube, like pretty much most YouTube content is either actual content or someone looking at content and talking about how it makes them feel. Critical theory covers all of that. Yeah, I mean, you can just back to YouTube, you can look at the comment section. People are being very critical there, even if it's really dumb. Yeah, and if you play role-playing games, you get a critical hit, which means it does the <laughs> maximum damage, which has always been my problem with criticisms because there's always two types of people. There's, con- there's people who constructively – well, no, there's three types. There's people who don't ever criticize, which isn't super functional in society. I think that you need a back and forth, like a conversation to fix anything. There's people who const- – who focus on constructive criticism, which is like at in some art schools, they'll teach you the uh, critique sandwich, which is you say something nice. You say something that may rub the person or thing you're critiquing the wrong way. And then you say something nice again so that they don't get their feelings hurt. And then there's people who go for the critical hits, highest punch, technical knockout. They want to just make you feel like really poorly about yourself. And I kind of feel like most of... Most uh, fake news, which is all news, goes for the technical knockout in almost every piece. What do you think you are in the those three? Uh, I well, what it depends on who I'm who I'm critiquing. I, I think I'm pretty good at being constructive. I'm I'm definitely like a sandwichologist, sandwich uh, artist. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like a subway worker of uh, crit crit ers, critters. I try really <laughs> hard not to use language that's. What like if I'm actually in a position where I need to be critiquing someone or something like a like a child for example I try not to use any language that's like whether I think the thing is good or bad I'm very careful about saying what it does. Yeah, I'm I'm big into asking about intentions from people. I'm big into like getting to know, you know, well, what led you to this. Okay, and then from that I feel like you can make a better a better comment. Yeah, that works too. Asking questions is always a really good way to lead someone into a thought. Although sometimes I feel like like if we're going back to the art school thing, people would ask questions that were kind of a way to make someone beat themselves up. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, did you um intend for that face to look like all fucked up? <laughs> hey, um, uh, so what was your intention with making this painting really bad? Yeah, do 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 you ever think about how uh, viewers might interpret your canvases stretched like like a child would do it if they didn't have both legs? So, um. Did you paint this with your feet? Because uh, it's not very good. <laughs> no, no, no. I am not like that IRL. I, I used to, when when I was really heavy into um, context is everything, like when you look at a piece of art or an object, everything matters. I would ask people weird questions like in like drawing class. Like when I TA'd a drawing class and I asked the kid like, oh, did you intend for this to smell like... <laughs> like toxic medium like because they had clearly sprayed it with you know spray paint like two hours before class and I was like really serious and it was a, a, a painting about the toxicity or a drawing about toxic genders and it was like a male and a female right next to each other and they're both wearing gas masks um, because this person was non-binary okay. and I asked them that because I was like I thought that was so cool and they were like uh, yeah, totally. But they, they, I don't think they were doing that. Fucking liar. I know. Just do your homework on time. You don't have to spray it and have it, like, fuming up the classroom. These f- dang artists doing things that kill you all the time or lead to death. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Eva Hess. Died at 27. Resin without a respirator. R.I.P. R.I.P. Watch out for what you're using. Yeah, Eats. Little Wayne and uh, Eva Hess. Watch what you're doing. Watch, <laughs> watch, watch what you're painting with. Don't eat oil paint. Yeah. Don't eat oil paint. That's. I think that's a good avenue of criticism that they never address in, in a like in art school. You know how toxic were your materials? Like I think that's something we should talk about. Well, I wanted to make a joke earlier. I wanted to say, you know, if you're gonna make a uh, uh, art, you better put your context lenses on. <laughs> So, anyways, I just missed. I that was poorly timed. <clears throat> Some critiques are are numerical, so I'll give that joke a, a six out of ten. Oh, have you ever done that in, <laughs> in school? Like, yeah, this painting is like a six, but I've seen you do like an eight point five. I want to. I want you to reach a nine. You know, maybe oh. in our school they should give us those button things, like in the. America's Got Talent, where you sit down and there's a big red X. Oh, that would be cool. And then a buzzer sounds to really make them feel like shit. It's kind of like when you get a assignment back from your teacher and you get the big red mark, like 70 out of 200. Yeah. <laughs> 43 out of 600. I used to feel bad for teachers who had to do all that. I think that, I think that even with like a math test or something, you could kind of just write A, B, C. You know, because you get you you should be able to get a grasp on like how well they they how good they understand the math hmm. of the art. I don't know. I don't know. What I'm talking the about. math of the art, like like crit crit algebra, like, like the golden ratio, like two thirds to one third or something. The Fibonacci sequence. The golden ratio. How much do you pee on somebody that likes that in bed? <laughs> Um, I wish I used to give people like an out of 10 and I just maintain that all throughout school. I think that would have been really effective. So here's the here's one thing that I find really important about um, when you look at something and are ready to critique it. There's two main things that you want to be looking at and paying attention to. And you can separate that into one being subject matter 
which is exactly what you see in uh, as objectively as you possibly can. And then there's the content. There's a difference between those two because content is a lot more subjective. The content of a painting may be one thing to one person, may be one thing to another person, and that's what makes art really beautiful and interesting. It might be, you know, uh, if you're looking at a painting in a museum, this might be something, this painting might have something to do with the history that, uh, the art history that's behind it. You know, like if you watch, if you're looking at a Jackson Pollock, an original, and then, oh, and then maybe you're looking at something that is exactly like a Jackson Pollock, which is a drip style painting in like 2020, the context of those two pieces are going to be very different. Because when, you know, let's compare Jackson Pollock's painting, he was he was the guy that was new very very new at the time but then if you look at something in 2010 it looks exactly like jackson pollock in a gallery you're gonna have a different critique of it what do I, you think i think that jackson pollock was an extension of of cold war mentality and that he is like an embodiment of like american decadence and was like i'm just gonna use as much materials as i want to produce something without like any okay because at this if you look at like russian artists at the same time they're very much about minimal brush strokes and stuff like that like white on white russian artists minimal brush strokes i guess they really weren't in a rush huh (laughs) (laughs) no they were that's why they that's why they didn't do much (laughs) (laughs) dang um well what do you think so you, you you're talking about subject and content and context what do you think about some people in art school and like this is also a big part of critical theory and there's a couple different camps that will think about this but some people will take into account the maker like who made it as uh even though we're even if you're thinking and looking and observing an object people still take into account the creator good example for that is george bush paintings yeah yeah snoop dog paintings yeah. What, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's like an, an effective way to, to be criticizing things? Do you think that that affects the object or just people's interpretation of it? I think it I think uh, it affects it definitely has an effect. It has a role. Who paints the painting has a role. And I think um, you can really criticize everything about a painting. You can really stretch it far. Art critique is difficult and easy to do in that way at, at, simultaneously. It's difficult because uh, if you don't really, if if you kind of talk about too much and don't make it concise and tie in together, then you're, you know, I don't think that can be very, uh, a constructive criticism. It might just be confusing. Um, but if you can just allow yourself to see what you see, and look at the different components, then any like that opinion really will matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's art. Everybody is allowed to look at it and feel a different way about it. Well, as a, as all the interns know, like I hate dogs. Okay. But what if I paint like a really realistic painting of a dog? Do you take that into account yeah. when you're like critiquing the work? Yeah. Do you think that that has an effect on the end product? Like if like if we were to hang it somewhere, that's going to be... it. Yeah, I think... It, well, it would depend what the dog looked like. What is the dog doing? Is the dog cooking? Oh, it's probably doing some Re- dog shit, like taking a dump on my lawn. Well, yeah. The, see, there's a psychological factor that you can look into that. Like maybe... Okay. It might make me think, hmm. Is Gage really... Uh, does Gage hate dogs or does he hate dog shit? 
Did Gage step in too much dog shit when he was younger? Maybe this artist did that. I mean, it's a very small f- part of the gestalt of critique, but it can it can play a factor. And I, I don't think it's the main thing. I think that it's just another interesting thing that you could tie into a critique if you really wanted to. So, so you, that's something that's really big in art school is um, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not that frequent, but it is definitely really big there. Um, because you know all art can be uh, identity. All art is identity based. At the end of the day, maybe uh, okay. Let's say I didn't know who you were, and I saw your painting in the Gagosian, and it was just this beautiful painting. The light captures this dog really well in the shitting position, and it's coming out like soft serve, perfect swirl, <laughs> and the grass just is so the light catching the grass is just like amazing and it gives you shivers down your spine and a tear down the side of your eye and dripping to your belly button you know like who is this artist this is amazing it's beautiful maybe you know i wouldn't know if you hated dogs i would think you liked dog i don't know do you think that i would i don't know in the future all museums are gonna have people's ig handles hmm. instead of their real names do you think in the future everybody's gonna have an ig i I imagine that most people do that can participate in art. My fiance's grandma has an IG. Yeah. She has two. Yeah. Yeah. My mom doesn't have one, but that's because she doesn't she doesn't fuck with that uh NSA shit. Your mom's woke, dude. My mom is super woke. I don't think I've ever seen her sleep. Yeah. Well, no. I've never seen your mom. Yeah. <laughs> She's so woke that she does CrossFit, but she she hates on it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty woke. She's right? she's with the Church of CrossFit. Yeah. That's well, I think she was. She works out a lot. That's good. I mean, I'm so woke that uh, I joined a CrossFit gym and I haven't gone yet. I'm so woke. I'm subscribed to it for a year. Just kidding. I don't do CrossFit. <laughs> do you really not? No, I have a pull-up bar at home. But you you came up in in Lululemon. I mean, I mean, look. <laughs> you're like then, your your outfit's very slimming. Hey man, uh, you know what I wear. I wish you guys can hear it in my voice what I'm wearing right now. I'm I'm wearing my Lululemon. I got a t- black turtleneck on. This is the critique episode. I'm ready to critique. All I'm right. wearing. I'm got. I got a turtleneck. I'm wearing all black. This is the art school uni. Are I'm your, marching in my boots, dude. Are, are your pants cuffed? Oh, oh yeah, they are. Yeah, no, my my Lululemon leggings are cuffed. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't get a good a good uh, build like a nice strong like pump. This was intentional. Cuffed. That's another big part of painting. Intentional. I, see, I disagree with intentional. that. Intentional. I used to really? I used to be really big on intention with things, especially like two D art. I, I kind of just don't care anymore about someone's intention. Like I'm really into walking in somewhere, and like I love accidents. And Bob Ross okay, put it best, right. like, happy accidents are important. And nothing, nothing fucking burns my chub, like, more than seeing someone who made a painting that has no mistakes. Ooh, it just makes me want to rip my dongle dong off and throw it out my car window. Dude, it just gets so boring. All right, let's, let's break it down then. Let's take, let's take uh, intention, put it in the pot and boil it up and make some broth. All What's right. going on in there? What do you mean? What's intention? Like, can what, can you describe to uh, the interns what it is? All right, interns. Intention is basically Listen intent. Listen up. <laughs> break it, get, let me see the notebooks. Break out your notebooks. Yeah. Okay? Uh, quick side tip. 
if you're at a job and you don't know how to do the job, bring a notebook on your on your first days. It'll make you look better, and no one will ever criticize you. Buy some cheap reading glasses. Yeah, buy cheap reading glasses and always put them on whenever you're having a real conversation. I just put on two. Here, yeah, here's what I do. I touch my chin a lot. Yeah, I brush through my hair. Mm. And those are intentional decisions. So intention is about making decisions on purpose to say something or for an expected outcome, which, you know, is pretty boring. It's like when you see it's like the difference between people who do um, like freestyle breakdancing versus like a very, very uh, orchestrated ballet. Okay, ballet. It's yeah. a difference between people noodling or like jamming, uh, doing some fish stuff <laughs> versus like the orchestra, or the symphony, which I understand that intention means that you'll have a, you, you make a product and that you could reproduce that product as well as you can. But for me personally, it doesn't do the thing that I want from art, which is honesty as, have, as easily. Have you ever like made someone cry? In a crit. In a crit or like seen it? Yeah. Um, I was in Chandra Majumjum's painting class and this, it was like right at the rise of, of wokeness and it was like just like a free painting project and this girl had this list of her issues with the world and like like it was this long tirade written out on like in charcoal on paper that was about things that people could do better for climate change, things that people could do better, like about not being racist, not being sexist. So like the the content and the intent was very admirable, but she stapled it up in the woods. Hmm. And when I asked her about that, she was like, well, I wanted it to be out in the world so where like the most people would be able to see it. And I- what. Yeah, I could have done this more tactfully. This is like circa like 2015. I definitely, or yeah, 2015, 2014. I could have said this a lot nicer, but I basically just roasted her for 10 minutes explaining all the things that she could have done. And my my primary examples were real, like real lazy. Like I was like, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you just wrote out a list of things that you think people should be doing, which you could fit onto any of those platforms that easily reach 100, 500 times the amount of people. I mean, it was stapled in the middle of a forest. Did you guys have to go there? No, we didn't go there. It was a pic. She brought in a picture of that, which was fine. Like, I I wasn't going to criticize the picture because that's not what she wanted us to crit. But, like, she, her reasoning was that it was, like, out in the world and more people would walk past it and read it. And I understand that that object, because it's like a real live sign, and I do believe in the power of signs, um, people would be would be more susceptible to it or more receptive of it or susceptible to it. But she claimed that her intention was to have as the most people see it as possible. And, and she cried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I really dug into her. And my critique was after hers and after lunch, and I came back in like... 30 minutes before to set up for my critique and and uh midsummer night's dream was uh talking to her about the crit and she was like really really bawling and he's like you know he was being kind of a dick about it but i think he made a lot of really good points but she was crying for like a really long time but he he really really harped 
I mean, I'm not going to go into what he said, but he really harped knowing I was in the room that I was being a douche about it. But, you know, fucking put it on Twitter. You, she literally made a list that was, like, criticizing everyone in the room for their social decisions and the fact that they don't recycle enough. Well, they're cri- she's criticizing you, my dude. That you know was, what I'm saying? That was a reason for my, said, my look, revenge crit. I would have been, after after Sandal Mandan Sar, I would have been like, <clears throat> excuse me, if a piece of bad art gets stapled in the woods and there's no one there to see it, <laughs> Does it make a sound? <laughs> See, and that's oh, that's put it in the woods. Why didn't you put it in a billboard or like on a pizza wall or something? That's what yeah, people, or you, McDonald's drive-through. I mean, wear the sign, spin the sign, like like cash for gold, spin it on the side of the road. Yeah, because dude. the worst part is she wanted to hang it up and then not even stand behind her criticisms of the average person. Like like, and it's straw men. Like she wasn't even critic. Like she didn't pick specific types of people. She didn't speak pick a specific person she was just blanket statement about everyone who she was expecting to read it like the language wasn't like these are things that i think are positive it was like here are things that you're doing that are negative you think you're woke i still think you're dreaming yeah uh quick side note she's like a pretty popular comedian in baltimore now oh no no spit yeah she was at uh she she performed at artscape like or maybe she is now they. I haven't talked to them about their gender identity. Um, did did you ever? Uh, did she ever open up for you when you had blind? <laughs> no, she's probably way funnier than me. Probably yeah. I would I would imagine that the trauma, the the trauma that she faced, um, not having enough people listen to her stuff, really what, gave her. What a lot was of your material. best set? What was your best set, Cage? My best set. Yeah. Um, I read a list of dog jokes that I found on the internet. <laughs> Jokes.com. Yeah, li- I, I just did that. I, I only do, I ex- explicitly do open mics. And my jokes are for people that go to open mics and then regret it. <laughs> dog jokes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite set that I ever saw in open mic was like even worse than that. This kid just went up there, told one really bad joke, and then threw a handful of bouncy balls at the ground (laughs) (laughs) and then that was the end of his set yeah (laughs) i you know the one of the shows i went to uh actually the host was cracking me up dude he was killing it the host that like introduces people beforehand was it ian sawyers oh he's a big guy yeah yeah yeah. i think he had like long hair yeah ian sawyers in baltimore is really funny and he's always super respectful a lot of a lot of open mic hosts will really punch down on bad community because i i went up because i had too many beers and i i would just like be like oh i can tell some jokes because why why the fuck not i have five minutes extra but a lot of people went up there because they're really practicing their craft and so many fucking shitty comedians just like punch down on other comedians who are just trying to get better and it's really really not their friends think they're funny yeah and that's that's what would always happen is by a third of the way through the show Everyone's left except for the other comics that are all friends because it's, you know, I'm assuming it's like this in every city, but I know in Baltimore, at least in in my section of it, all the comics are like really tight. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to stick with your community, you know, being a comedian must be one of the probably one of the hardest things to do. I think they have a podcast. Maybe we should uh, we should reach out to them and see if they want to. Who? Uh, I don't know. The comedian crew. If we if we go Uh, one night, well, they'll probably plug it. They have a 
They have a podcast? Yeah, I think Dang, they do improv. All right. all right. Well, you know what? Everyone, get in the bubble. If you Interns, if you don't have a podcast, yeah, start one. Yeah, start it's one. It's easy. You can, I mean, the great thing about podcasts, I'm creating podcasts now. Oh, yeah. Let's let's spend the rest of the episode critiquing podcasts. Um, well, I mean, you know, podcasts are great because you can listen to it while taking a shit. Yeah. And driving. <laughs> and while taking a shit while driving. And working. Also, you, yeah. could, you could put a podcast on and have your AirPods in and pull your beanie over your ear. So that when people are talking to you, you can basically overdub their their conversation with a more interesting one. Oh my god, dude! I love that uh, earpod meme joke like thing that's going on right now. I don't know why it doesn't make any sense to me, but it's so funny. Oh, I mean, people with AirPods are just clearly richer and better than us. Did I just say earpods? Are they called earpods or AirPods? Yes. <laughs> it just depends on whether you're getting the Apple one or whether you're going out and just buying some some Bluetooth headphones that are white. <laughs> I saw this really funny meme. Uh, it was a guy, it said, like, make your own earpods, and it was just a Q-tip that was cut and bent. He <laughs> <laughs> put it in. I thought that was really stupid and funny. Well, I think that's really effective use of materials. Uh, I'm really big. My personal taste, and when I was in critiques, I was very into people saying more with less, especially since I'm really bad at that. I tend to take way too long to say a good idea. Like what you said earlier, if a sign's posted in the woods and no one sees it, is it relevant? I should have just said that. I, that would have been, I think she wouldn't have cried. She would have gotten the point immediately. Everyone would have stood up and clapped and like Albert Einstein would have been my teacher. <laughs> if I ever did a comedy set, I would just go up to the stage and do that thing where you make fart noises with your arm. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> Al Bundy already did that. Oh, I'm sorry, Louis C.K. I think he just did a, he just released a Netflix special where it's just him doing armpit farts. He did it, but uh, without using his arm, he uses his butt instead. Yeah. Yeah. High class. The important part about being an art professional is that everything you do, all content you intake fits, fits in to the cultural paradigm that you're expected to fit into. Hmm. Yeah. Fit it. Put it in your front pocket. If you skinny, can't fit it in your front pocket. Skinny jeans, flannels, beanies, Doc Martens. <laughs> you know, that's the... That's Jean the, jackets. Yeah, that's the early early 2010s look for artists. Nowadays, it's uh, skinny jeans, colored hair, tattoos, MacBook. Boobs out. Boobs out. Hairy armpits. You know what's weird? Designers always want to design stuff that's like super sleek and slimming or like like they always want to just have it simple with like Helvetica. And I just think like we get it. You have a MacBook Pro. Go to Helvetica. <laughs> God damn, I suck. Dude, we are so bad. We should definitely not pursue a career in comedy. Good thing this is a self-help podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I, dude, so many people say, oh, you should try stand-up. You should try stand-up. Well, I'm sitting down, bub. I'm not doing that shit. I'm a podcaster. World's corniest podcast is Heart Pros. <laughs> yeah, we, do we have an Instagram yet? Um, no, but we have an email address. Oh, we do. Should we, <laughs> should we give it to the interns? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, hey, interns, um, go to artprospodcast at gmail.com. Send us your comments. Uh, let us know uh, anything, if we say anything stupid or offensive, because um, we'll definitely say more of it next time. We'll, so. we'll, we'll take it into careful consideration. Actually, send us your critiques. 
Yeah, send us your critique. Um, should we give them the password too, so they can go <laughs> on and read each other's? Because that's how crits work in art school. It's just like people talking to each other. Yeah. So uh, the the password is okay. So here you can log into our our Gmail account. You can send yourself a really nice crit. Make yourself feel good. The password is incel nine zero two one zero. Oh man. Look, can we pause it? I need to use the restroom. Damn, dude. The Russians are going to hack us now. Yeah. <laughs> They're listening to us. All right. Pause. Who let, who let the dogs out, baby? Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm so glad you got to see that. That inf- Nothing infuriates me more than seeing that every day. Uh Oh, oh all right. So, little backstory. We took a little break. I let the dogs out, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, we actually went down to the little corner store and picked up some uh, alcoholic LaCroix. And now we're ready to keep potting, wet our whistle a little bit. Um, welcome back to us. So today we've been kind of loosely talking about critiques. I want to critique the big ass Great Dane dog shits that we saw outside. Oh, they're so yard. they're so large, big, yeah. big, and there's a lot of them. Um, what what do you think the context of that is? Um. I think it's, you know, it's rude. Makes me, you know, hey, did you paint that dog shit painting from life? <laughs> I did. That's actually what I was thinking about. Because I don't actually hate dogs, but what I what I cannot stand, interns, is um, when your neighbors in a building walk their dog and they have a Great Dane that they do not, they clearly don't take out to exercise, they walk their dog and they let it take a shit wherever it fucking wants. And they never have the plastic bag with them. And it's constant. And every day all I see is a pile of shit. And my roommates have talked about it. My roommates have talked to other tenants in the building about it. Everyone's acting like they don't know whose fucking dog it is. I know exactly whose fucking dog it is. What if it, it's like a chihuahua that's laying those big goose eggs? Oh, I mean, it's the size of its head. Yeah, it's the size of a chihuahua. It really is. It was really, really rude. Okay. I, I like Great Danes, but yeah, that's super rude. So, life tip. Don't let your dog shit in my fucking lawn. Sorry, I've been building up all this testosterone. Like, in, in art school, it's really interesting how people will equate, like, brush strokes to, like, someone's identity. Oh, yeah, it's like handwriting, you know? You look at somebody with... Uh... A big old swinging dick. <laughs> they probably write like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's all these different phrases, these epithets people will use to describe different types, different camps of artists. Mm-hmm. Like like boy painting. Oh yeah, art bro painting. Yeah, art bro painting. What else? What else? There's uh there's like flower art. Flower art. I've never heard that. I'm 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 a little new to this. There's uh there's internet art, which that that one always changes a lot. Okay. But it's it's typically people who are really popular on whatever social media uh thing is cool right now. So when I was going to school it was like Instagram and Tumblr. So it's like people who make art that's cool oh, on there and yeah. they use those social media platforms as their medium. Um the Tumblr art is a big one, I think. Yeah, too, Tumblr yeah. art is big. Dude, I I always have trouble describing it. Do you want to try and describe it? I'm going to look up a definition. Um. Okay, I'm going to try to describe it. Tumblr art is 
art that reflects the aesthetics of Tumblr. If you've never been to Tumblr, check it out. Um, unfortunately, you can't find any more sexy pics on there because they got in trouble. Oh yeah, that's so wild. That was like half of, that was more than half of Tumblr's traffic. So when you go to Tumblr, you, there's, there's an aesthetic, right? Yeah. There's a certain Tumblr aesthetic and the art reflected, the, the Tumblr art reflects that same aesthetic. And we're talking like wispy, airy, like pictures, uh, a little bit, uh, I don't know. It's hard it's, to describe. It's like uh, Urban Outfitters oh, yeah. advertising, but with more neon stuff and like blue stuff, like Seapunk. Oh, well, Tumblr Tumblr's a community, so it's like a lot of different types of people. Like you'll see anime things on there, but there's like really hip, at least the Tumblr art community I'm referring to is like really hip photography. Yeah, that's that's usually what it is, is photography. Yeah. And it's um there's nothing wrong with that. But there's definitely just communities of it and people will refer to different art groups like that. You know, you have the um uh, you have the American expressionists. You have the avant garde movement, Dadaism. Dada is one of my faves. You have uh you have, you know, Orientalism. You have Tumblr art. You have art, art bro paintings. Art bro paintings. And those those denotations, those names for the the types of art, I think, are a really good way to discredit the content and quality of the work. Can you describe uh, art bro paintings, what they look like? <laughs> yeah, I, I make a lot of them. People think that art that looks boisterous and aggressive or, like, is quote-unquote not so sometimes it's like art that looks lazy or sometimes it's like art that uses a lot of medium like who were we talking about earlier jackson pollock i think would have been described as like an art bro Mm -hmm. basically people who who don't make art about content that's like about their identity, I think often get called art bros unless they're not mm. boys. It's all it's always like as soon as someone finds out that a that a painter is a dude, they'll call their work like art bro painting unless it's about their identity. Is all dude painting art bro painting? I, I guess Willem de Kooning is definitely hundred percent art bro. Yeah, people like all the famous artists that you that you're familiar with dude, that are Pablo? like male painters. Yeah, Cezanne, those are art bro painters. Oh. For sure, Saison. Yeah. Gauguin is 1,000% art pro. Yeah, I think a big part of it is, like, the male gaze and also the assumption that, like, when you make something, it's, it has value simply by merit of you making it. And I think that's the criticism people make of art bros is, like, this straw man assumption that a male artist is expects that something that they make has value simply by the merit of them having made it. Which I, I think that's true, but then again, I'm part of that demographic. Like, I think that if someone looks at it, enjoys it, it has value. It doesn't have to be, like, I make paintings about things that I think about. Uh, but if someone makes a painting that just looks like something cool and people like it, I think it has value. But a lot of people will criticize, like, a pretty colored painting or, like, something that has, like, a lot of, like, wild brush strokes because it, like, doesn't have enough content. The subject matter isn't... Um, woke enough for them yeah people really lean in on like uh concept in 
certain critiques and certain certain critters, not like little animals, like people who critique, they will lean in on um, context and concept. Lack of concept, that's a big thing for uh, professional art critics. Yeah, what's they, up with that? Um, well... Like, do you think it's important for an hmm. art piece to have concept? No, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, I... I alluded to it in my last, in our last podcast, my comment was uh, saying that a lot of, um, one of the most important things about starting art is to just start and paint to paint. Sometimes you just, you know, when you paint, it's really important to just paint, like doing an observational painting. That's totally cool. And that is, I, I wouldn't call it devoid of concept because the concept is that you might be sitting there just observing something uh do you know the artist antonio lopez garcia no i don't very fire artist he is a i would call i don't know if i i guess you could lump it lump him into a category of hyper realism let me pull it up real quick but his paintings are amazing they're they're deeply psychological and my point is that even when you paint something from life even though your intention may not to be may not be to have a strong concept behind it you're you can still find the concept behind it, even if it's something as regular as a still life painting of a bunch of bottles, like we talked about. Mirandi did. There's there's concept behind that. You can you can really find it, but but there's a difference between concept denoting value. Yeah, like 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 not you know. There's tons of hyper realistic painters out there. There's tons of. Uh, 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 artists that paint like portraits you know there's like a specific style of really good portraiture yeah but like a million people do it because you go to school to learn how to paint like that yeah. that's not what i'm talking about so let me pull up antonio lopez garcia yeah for all you guys to see yeah I, I'm all gonna, you guys I'm gonna, and gals i'm gonna put my phone up to the mic hopefully you guys can get a good picture of this <laughs> um uh, i think that for an art object to be a valuable art object it doesn't mean oh it's tight it doesn't mean that they need to. Um... I gotta pull up his drawings. Dude. Yeah, his drawings are fire. Look at this. So this guy is paint. This guy spends like ten years on paintings, and he he literally goes to the spot, pulls up his a uh, uh, giant easel. These are huge, and oh, he just yeah. paints for like an hour. Oh, and like... he goes there every other day or yeah, every day. Yeah, just paints there. Yeah, that's really cool. And there's this concept. I mean, it it may not be. Extremely overt. Excuse me. <laughs> so embarrassing. It may not be extremely overt, but when when you think about it, it, you know, this man is sitting there taking the time to really be with his paints to really reflect this thing that he's seeing, you know, and you can feel what he's seeing. It shows through the painting. And when you look at the little card, the description card, it says, it, that it took him 10 years to make that thing, that's really one thing that speaks a lot about it. Like, this guy is passionate about something, you know? Like, he's really feeling something when he's looking at this and he's sticking with it and he he loves, looks like he loves what he's doing. Like, But that stuff like sells, that. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's I, a legend. I think that's, like, a point of contention is that... Look at this drawing. Art doesn't need... Oh, that's really good. Yeah, dude, that's it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, he really knows how to make some marks. Oh, yeah. Those are great. So, you know, when you look at it, you get a reaction. Yeah. And that's something you can't fake. 
That's no, something you have to feel. Definitely not. I, I think that there's a point of contention among artists who care about something having a concept and not because they're in art school. You need to remember that you're trying to make a career out of it. Otherwise, you shouldn't be spending all the money that you're spending on going. So when people talk about like, oh, it doesn't have a concept, that's because a, a concept can add value. So like, like an art object is just an alchemy of a bunch of different things, a subject, concept, materials, content, and then application. Application meaning like how you use the materials. Um, and all of that is a way to alchemize an object of value. And sometimes you just can't do it. Sometimes you just can't do it, folks. You can't, but you can't alchemize monetary value. And then I like so for me, a lot of art school was like two different people trying, two different types of people trying to figure out whether we should be talking about how to make good cultural objects or make objects that sell. And that's a really tough place to be in as an artist. And it's something that like I would bounce back and forth between the two. Until I just decided I was going to do something else that's art related. Authenticity is very important, though. You know, you don't want to make anything outside of, like, what you actually want to do, what your true inner voice is. And I think that that's that's a big reason why it, uh, a lot of people have a hard time looking at their art. And, you know, it, as an artist, if you know, if you ever if you ever made a painting, if you've ever tried to start making a painting... Um, there's that voice in your head that says this isn't good enough what is this you know like this is bad f that you well, know you can't take that you, you can just i don't think people who buy art care about authenticity and i think people who don't yeah. buy art really care about it which is really weird because you know you always got to decide who you want to impress do you want to impress someone who has enough money to take ownership of of a cultural object or do you want to impress people who are part of that culture that you respect I don't know. Mm, that's a that's a tricky question. Right now, my head is like down the rabbit hole of the art world. Like we're talking about critiques, right? Um, and in the last pod, we talked about a little bit the art market. So now it all ties together. Like fuck the, Jerry Saltz. <laughs> the value, the valuation of art comes from uh, the interest and in, and in whatever. Uh, how much somebody likes it but really doesn't it come down to like how much rich people like it how much the people with money who can afford it like it does that is that where the value comes from and i guess you can move up and move up from selling your paintings to a hundred dollars to a hundred thousand dollars in a best case scenario well i think we're getting screwed over by i mean not screwed over i think ultimately it's good to have pretty open free access for people to see any art object they want like whether it's on the internet or like at a museum but we are getting screwed over in that like we do artists do need to impress people who are not from the same demographic as them normally because most artists unless they come from money you know they're trying to sell to people that they don't really understand or they don't have the same background as so but that's because the average person doesn't really need to own a painting to appreciate it. They can just look at it on their phone and they're okay with that. Yeah, that's whack though. Yeah, same. I mean, it's the same thing with music. Like, and the thing is, like, fuck Instagram because Spotify got it right. There should be an Instagram premium for art. Hmm. I don't like everyone having to look at, at everyone gets to look at art for free. Nah, let me get some money. Get get me paid for how many views I get on my on my painting. Don't Instagram. Well. 
can't some people get paid with like if they promote you know, a post or whatever? You can't you get paid from Instagram? I don't know. No, you can get paid. What you do? So Instagram's a marketing tool for most people, and they so it's a marketing platform. So they use that to point people to the website that they have monetized. Or to whatever they're trying to promote, which garners income in some other way. Well, I, I know that like there, are, like if you're an influencer, for example, you can get paid by somebody to wear something and post it. Yeah, but that's that's still it's a whole another thing, though. Yeah, that's still a marketing platform. So you can get paid to market stuff, but you you're not getting paid for the content consumption. <laughs> Imagine if an artist uh, paid you to post a picture of their uh, painting. Art. I mean, yeah. I'm sure people do. That's totally opposite of what we're just talking about though yeah i I mean like yeah exactly that's losing money to promote your art like it's the same thing with music people feel like they're they're entitled to like have have the content for free and like i'm really iffy on that because i do think art and music and all that stuff should be available to everybody because it's supposed to be medicine it's supposed to help our culture like it's supposed to make us all grow and move forward and move closer and understand each other a little bit better but we live in a capitalist society where we kind of need to generate income off of things that we produce and art is a labor product i am in legalize art art is a medicine art is a medicine drug it's gonna make your your aunt you know agree with you your endorphins it makes your endorphin surge. It comes get, from your penile gland. Your testosterone and your your your. Uh, when I look at a Georgia O'Keeffe estrogen. painting, yeah, dude, I get so horny for art. <laughs> I don't know why those flowers are they are so beautiful, but okay. On a real note, though, let's talk about uh, Rothko's paintings a little bit because, you know. All right, so do you want to do you want to explain what Rothko is to the audience? Yeah, well, okay. So listen, we were just talking about right uh, the influence of art on Instagram and um, how it can affect uh, people wanting to go out and see more art. I don't feel threatened by that because it's like the difference between saying, okay, I'm selling an MP3 uh, or like uh, you can listen to my Bandcamp, but that's 100% different than going to a show and experiencing live music. Listening to live music is incomparable to to hearing it through your headphones. I mean, it might be more convenient to listen to it through your headphones, but when you go to a live show, man, if you, like, like for example, Pitbull, the difference between Mr. listening... Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> you, can, you can listen to Pitbull and feel good, but you're not going to feel as good if you're in that show and he's dancing and moving his hips around for you, you know? Yeah, that's true. That I, man, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be able to imagine getting on stage and moisten your lips right before you lean in for that worldwide international kiss so that's what i'm talking about with rothko you can look at it on your phone you can look at it on the world wide web this is the first name mark yeah mark yeah look him up mark rothko you can guess the spelling though it'll auto correct for you rothko paintings are nothing like what they are on your tiny ass phone screen because he paints them really big on purpose you know, like, and they vibrate. Y- y- honestly, like, you go go to your local museum that has a Rothko. Find it. Go do your interns. This is your job. Go see a Rothko. You'll you might like it. You might hate it. And that's the you know that's that's, okay. that's what art is. Send us your criticisms. Is it is Rothko bro art? I don't know. I think Rothko is like angsty. I I think he's definitely um, obsessive. Yeah, yeah, he's he has a little bit of a history. Uh, um, 
All right, so, but but then let's talk about the inverse. All right, let me tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about uh, Basquiat. Everyone has a Basquiat face. Bas- because Bas- his art is amazing, and so many people can relate to it. It's important. He's He is an important historical figure in the arts. Uh, but I got a book, got a Basquiat book, totally loved it. Uh, went through it, influenced by it completely, 100%. And I had the opportunity to see one a uh, retrospective he had in New York City. So I went I with a friend. I saw that one too. It was so good. It was really good. But what I felt was that so this art really translates pretty well to t- like a book form. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. That's that's the type of art that you can. You know, people are using it uh, for their fashion. It translates well to that, and that's that's one example of art that can look decent on a phone i mean there are a lot of musicians where it's the same thing you like i would there are a lot of um rappers and stuff that i would rather listen to on my headphones than like like i saw childish gambino live and danny brown live and they both were not that great of performers but you know with all the studio mixing and stuff like i really like their music yeah what about a 21 savage show you see all those videos of him just like not rapping oh just, like, yeah standing there i mean well I would say the rap industry, the the hip hop industry is mostly just packaging icons. Like it's not really about the music. But, but you know, wouldn't you say also that to and be memes. to be active to be active and say that you went out to see art is a big factor as an artist or somebody that likes art. Like there's a big difference between enjoying it on your phone and saying you went out to go see it. It's yeah, kind of like the same thing. Like maybe you did go see Twenty One Savage, and you can talk about that, and people will be like, "Dang, well, that's I think, cool." I think that's even more than being an artist. That's like being human is experiencing something for real. And like I, we, I sound, we sound so washed right now, being like, "Don't look at stuff on your phone." But you know, it's true. Like go, ex- like you should experience the stuff in real life, mostly because you're not getting the whole picture anyways. Everything is fucking filtered on your shit. So, yeah, man, listen, don't listen to Elon Musk. You're not in the matrix. You're not you're not virtual reality. That's a whole that's that's cockanany. That's that's BS. Or are you? You're real. You're real. Are you? You're not in the matrix. Alright? You're not in the matrix. You're in the matrix. Get red pilled. Just kidding. Don't do that. Those people are toxic. Yeah, take that red pill and go see some art. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Go to the real world. Take that, uh, take that, uh, Vivance, the red Vivance, and go <laughs> see some art. Take, um, take an ibuprofen. Go see some art. Take some Advil. Go see some art. Um, take a benzo. Go see some art. Uh, do you think people uh, can take art viewing enhancing drugs? Um, yeah, taking DMT. <laughs> yeah, take DMT, DMT at the go, gallery and go look at some art. Inner, inner, inner ear art. Like, I, I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never done DMT. Take some acid. Go look at some art. Now I have to tell you, every good art show I've ever been to has has had wine there. No, that's not true. I've been to art shows that I like, but every banging event that was an art show had wine at it. Wear a suit and tie when you go to these shows too. Yeah, make sure to really make everyone else feel or a nice dress. Yeah, uh, makes you look better. And hold your wine glass at the stem. Don't hold it like, don't put your hand under it. It's gonna make the the wine warmer. Do it like, do it right. Oh, I always hold it at that that round bottom part. Like like my hand is a cup, like a 
like a coaster. Yeah, just don't touch, don't touch, don't put your hand to the wine. You're gonna make the wine warmer. Don't, well, yeah, you, as an art viewer, you gotta do it right. It's really important to establish your dominance anytime you're in an art gallery because all anyone wants to do when you go to an art show is, is critique the work and have a real in-depth conversation with you. They're not there to socialize. They're there to see whose art brain is the throbbingest, most erect, and most on point. So hold your cup like your hand is a coaster, your wine glass, so it's teetering ever so slightly so that they're so focused on the wine glass you can catch them with their foot in their mouth when they're trying to say, oh, oh, I really think that the colors here evoke this feeling. And then you drop the wine glass and it freaks them out. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, I, I know a lot of power move techniques. Uh, one of them is staring at someone's forehead like this. It makes people feel like. Oh, that worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel, See I what feel I a little smaller. Yeah. Yeah, see? They say if you take, not they, I heard in a podcast, if you if you pause before responding to someone, but you look at them really intensely in the eyes, it kind of throws them off because they get off their automated game. Yeah, you got to really act like you're in uh, Hell's Kitchen or or um, uh, what's the other Gordon Ramsay uh, top chef or something? That's not top chef. Kid chef. Child, no. child, master child chef. Master chef. Yeah, you know? Be like the people. I saw I once watched a Master Chef episode where they uh, would go and they were ready to critique the food and they just walk up, they eat it, and they taste it, and they look at the chef right in the eyes and just walk away without saying anything. That's how I want to crit art. I feel like Master Chef is to is to eating as porn is to sex, where it's like you watch that, but then you just make like a bologna sandwich because it got you hungry, but you don't have the skills to perform. <laughs> you ever eat like fried bologna? Yeah, dude, I grill I grill my bologna all the time. I'm yes. throwing my propane and <laughs> grill it up. And kill. That's, that's always... I always fuck that, that meal up because I can never take off the plastic right. What do you mean? Like, you know how bologna has, like, the, the plastic outside? Uh, what, uh, yeah, what do you mean? Do you like, just cut straight, cut straight through the <laughs> middle and have half-circled bolognis by accident? Like, I always try and rip it off, and I just do it so poorly, I lose, like, half the bologna meat. So I end up, like, basically chewing the, the bologna wrapping like it's, like it's dip. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's kind of gross. I don't like bologna that much. I'm a ham guy. Like the... Oh, I like turkey. Uh, dude, I don't know. I mean, turkey's weird. I mean, I don't like eating animals at all, but I do it, and I like turkey. Mm. Like, if you had to pick one animal that you had, that it was the only meat source you were allowed to have for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Any uh, shrimp. Shrimp? Fish. I would pick fish. But, like, like okay, like, let's get more specific. Spe- like, what type of fish? What type of fish? And Why? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> whale, whale. No, no that's don't a good one. Whales. They got a lot of fat. I'm sure they have lean muscles and fatty muscles. You can make lanterns out of the oil. You think they have wagyu whale meat? Wagyu whale meat. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna support the Japanese whale sell- whale uh, industry. What? They're they're bad. But those people have families that need to eat too. And yeah, and their families are getting mercury poisoning from eating dolphin. Oh. Uh, yeah, I would eat dolphins, but that's just because I hate dolphins. Have you seen The Cove? What's Is that like a Dude, Kristen Stewart movie? No, The Cove is a crazy documentary movie about these people who uh, were trying to expose 
this Japanese, uh, I, Japanese illegal whale selling operation where, okay, so, all right, I'm getting kind of mixed up because this movie is so crazy. In Japan, somewhere in Japan, there's this cove where these fishermen use these rods that are stuck in the water to send off a frequency that kind of corrals the dolphins into the cove. And when they get into the cove, they do a mass slaughter and kill all these dolphins so they can harvest the meat and sell it. Good. And they sell it to all these schools and they pretend it's uh, just another kind of meat. And these kids are getting all these deformities from the, from mercury. the mercury poisoning. Yeah, but, but that's because dolphins are bad. Dolphins are not bad, dude. They're just <laughs> rapists. They they do rape. I, I don't like dolphins for the same reason I don't like cats, because they know what they're doing. They know they rape. Yeah. No, dolphins, dolphin. all right. Maybe dolphins are bad. Yeah. And maybe the and Japanese- And they make fun of people. Maybe the Japanese know more about dolphin society than we do. Maybe they're threatened by the advancement of dolphinism. Yeah. Maybe they're threatened by their intelligence, their galaxy-minded- uh, intelligence. Yeah, they do have huge throbbing fish brains. Maybe the Japanese uh, have devices that can interpret dolphin language, and all they're doing is talking smack about how stupid humans are, and that they're ready to take over. Maybe. I, I believe it. I think that was like a South Park episode or something where the dolphins came. No, it was sharks. I don't know. Whatever. I don't like dolphins. They're they're too smart. I don't trust them. I'm in conspiracy mode right now. I accidentally watched uh. The Alex Jones, Joe Rogan thing. And oh, now, no, you can't say that. People are going to think we're, like, alt-right or something. <sighs> no, I mean, all right. Let's crit Let's crit that guy. Who? Alex Jones. Let's let's critique that, critique that guy. I'm not watching it because I like it. I'm watching it because it's entertaining and funny and weird, and he's nuts. Yeah, his face is really red. Also, I do think it's important to intake, um, like, content and ideas from people who you might not agree with yeah i mean we're being critical here right yeah why don't we be critical about the information that we're looking at yeah i mean i don't like alex jones because he ends up shirtless too often it's just weird it's a really it's a yeah he does this thing uh there's like i I watched like a youtube compilation of it but i've seen it like every time i saw like a viral video with alex jones he just so happens to like um take his shirt off and he gets really red <laughs> and i get it it's like part of his his identity it's part of his art practice because alex jones is is clearly a performance artist i don't think he believes the things that comes out of his oh, mouth 100 but i just don't want to see his nipples man i just don't want to see his nips does also, his nipples look like bologna slices <laughs> no but they feel like that <laughs> <laughs> they definitely feel like that uh, no yeah, yeah i don't know much about the guy all I know is that he creeps me out. Well, he's like what people think Texas is. Really? Yeah, like like this. I, that's what I always imagine is that Alex Jones is personification of media representation of Alex Jones. And I'm not even going to go into that. <laughs> Definitely controlled opposition. Do your research. I can't critique research. Alex Jones because I, I haven't. We we would need an Alex Jones picture right in front of us. You know what would be a good segment? What? If we if we critiqued people's faces. If we critiqued people's faces? Yeah. No, man. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be like Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, I guess that would be real real quick. That's zucked up. Yeah, that is zucked up, man. I don't know. Why don't you guys send us some 
we're, we're, we're running out of content. We've only had four episodes, and we, we're already on Alex Jones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys send us some emails uh, and tell us what you want to hear us talk about? Yeah, what do you want to hear? Uh, do you want us to start talking about uh, feet pics? Oh, I can uh, talk about feet pics all day. I don't like feet, but I've seen them. <laughs> you can critique people's uh, pedicures or something. Well, I have really long toes, so I have a... I have feelings about stuff. We can't. It's impossible for us to run out of content. Art is a, the the deepest rabbit hole ever. Yeah, but maybe we'll have to start getting specific soon. Like we'll have to. What do you mean? Make make podcast listeners do some research. Like get real educated. So they we are interns. They're listening for free. Oh yeah, that's true. You guys are listening for free. Free content. Pay us. Join our join our Patreon. You're gonna have to subscribe. You're gonna have to subscribe to our uh, Tinder. You're gonna have to pay our patreon a little bit if you want to hear the good stuff maybe we should just give them our address and then they can send us pizzas whenever they want that's a good one yeah yeah Um, you have their email password so yeah there you go just use that email address sign up for uh doordash or something send us some food randomly that's fine yeah get us gift cards i mean we're eating ketchup noodles here yeah that's like so this is an issue that artists have to face all the time, which is how do we grift, how do we scam people into giving us money? Like, yeah. we're not producing anything for industry. No, I mean, that's, see, that's what fascinates me about this Alex Jones character is he's scamming people into tons of money and selling them really weird products. Yeah, well, he just, he just preys upon conspiracy, like, people who are already predisposed to, to feel paranoid and then just sells them health shit. So here's the thing, interns. Help us prey upon you. Yeah. In a non-religious way. And here's some ads. Um, what kind of ad? Who would what, sponsor us yeah, for what, an advertisement? <laughs> once, once we get a sponsor, we'll Big Jewel. I'm not going to do Jewel ads. I don't even want to talk about it. That's a free plug. I would, yeah, true. I would, do, I would do Jewel ads. Red Lobster. Yeah. Um, top ramen, national bohemian, oriental flavored top ramen. I, you know, is that racist? Yeah, I, feel, I don't know. I maybe. feel offended by it. When what I is see it, it? What? What is that even? What is the flavor? Oriental it's soy sauce. Why don't they just call it soy sauce? Yeah, that I I agree wholeheartedly. Why don't they? Just they call do. It soy sauce? They do. But I think they still have oriental flavor. Also, I think that the top ramen um, has soy sauce flavor. Maybe oriental flavor still. Might have been a backlash anyways. Do you have any quick recipes? One minute recipe? Quick. uh, Yeah. Uh, So I've been eating hot dogs and egg sandwiches for breakfast. I cut up the hot dogs like long ways so that the hot dog is like, ooh. So how do I describe this? You know, you cut the hot dog hot dog way, not, yeah, hot not dog hamburger style. style. Not hamburger style. Yeah, you cut it long way and then you cut it again so you have four pieces of hot dog and then you... Put it on your cast iron skillet. Every artist should own a cast iron skillet because it's, you can pass it down. And it's it's black like all your clothing. Mm-hmm. It matches my turtleneck and my black Lululemon leggings and my eyeliner and my finger paints. Uh, uh, what do you call this? Your pa- nail polish? Nail polish. Uh, finger paints? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I make an egg sandwich. I, I scramble up some eggs low and slow, and I put it on a piece of potato bread and put some ketchup on there, and it's really good. Yeah. 
here's a here's a, a quick a quick cheap recipe. Take a piece of bread, cut a hole in it, crack an egg in there, you know, flip it over, and you have yourself something that looks like a meal. That's called a Benedict Arnold. No, egg in a basket, my guy. I know. <laughs> um Eggs Benedict Arnold. Those are good. Oh man. Who else who else do you think would sponsor us? Who should we maybe we should send this as a pitch to to some companies? Um definitely want the top ramen sponsorship. We want the top ramen sponsorship. We want that plug. We'll plug it up all day. I eat a lot of it. I dude, like all the fucking time. Um definitely no paint companies would want to sponsor us. Golden's not gonna sponsor us. No, not Montana. Montana I mean no, I don't know. I'm not really I'm not a really big spray paint user because its toxicity levels are, you know, I'm already dumb enough drinking this alcoholic LaCroix all the time. Oh, Blick. You checked in Blick. We'll sell your products and you just donate to our Patreon. Yeah, we'll we'll brand, we'll we'll get it branded, Art Pro's uh, paints. We could sell it for you and you get uh, 10%, 20%? Yeah. All right. I don't know, man. Uh, Crocs. Do you think Crocs would sponsor us? I Birkenstocks. I, mean, I don't need to get paid to to shout out Birkenstocks and Crocs. Okay. That's called brand loyalty right there. Yeah. Seriously, who else? Heineken? Uh, I've mm-hmm. never even drank a Heineken. Coors Light. Solo Cups. You think Solo Cups would sponsor us? No, nah, but I'm sure um, Dixie Cups might. Dixie Cups? All right, everyone. When you're making art, it's good to have disposable cups that mm-hmm. you can mix paints in. And don't worry about the environment. Throw that shit out. It'll melt eventually. Hmm. Sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. We need this money coming in. Yeah, we need... We need more mics. We have four podcasts out already and one mic. What are you guys waiting for? Top Ramen? Nissan? What are you waiting for? Is that Nissan? No, Nissan, like the doodle brand. Oh, shit. A lot of drops. Um... What else? What else is on the docket for today? We got we got some sponsorships lined up. <laughs> so like skate, what are we skateboarders? Yeah, man, that's pretty much it, dude. Like when you get that sponsorship, you're in, you're in. I remember those were the coolest kids in school. Like, dude, that guy's sponsored. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I remember. It's weird how often people will lie about stuff that's very easily like fact check. There's a kid in my high school who would be like, "Yeah, I'm sponsored by Blind." Like, all right, do an ollie. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can't even ollie. How am I supposed to believe you're sponsored by Blind? Damn. Yeah. You just ollied over his lie. I know. Damn, dude. Yeah, he's homeless now. Everybody, everybody skated in the late 2000s. So he's homeless now? No, he's not. I don't know. You gotta live and die on the skateboard. Listen, Brett. I don't know if his name is Brett. Listen, Brett. If you're homeless now. Fuck you, I drew that Goku better. <laughs> You're still th- is it still that guy? No, it's not that he guy. He can skate better than you and draw Goku better than you? No. I just, there there are a lot of Bretts out there that just, like, I don't fuck with. Brett, B-R-E-A-D-T. Brett. Yeah, Brett. <laughs> yeah, Brett. It's important as an artist to have a breadth of skills, but not a breadth of skills. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a breath of, of belief. Believe in yourself, interns. Believe in us. All right. Sponsorship. All right. How are we going to close this out? What's our last? What's our last topic? What's going on? 
We're reaching. We're we're we're, we're reaching. We're going. We're we're getting to Joe Rogan uh, levels right now. We're a minute uh, over an hour past. Oh man, maybe we should just uh, Let's go for another four. You want to go for another four? All right. Um, what airline is the best airline? Just kidding. I don't. I, man, receding I don't airline. Receding airline. <laughs> oh, do you have any good jokes? <laughs> No, I don't. I'm not a, I'm not that type of jokester. I'm a reactionary guy. I'm just honestly, I don't, you know, I I'm, I'm I'm really appreciative and happy that my uh friends and family think I'm funny, but I think I'm just like a funny person. Like I think I'm just weird and say funny stuff. Sometimes I say something regular that I think is regular and people laugh. Yeah, that's always really sad. I can't go up there on stage. Sometimes you say something honest and people are just like think you're you're joking. Yeah, they do a belly laugh. Yeah, they, yeah, and they don't look past the mask. What's the deal with wash rags? Right. What's the deal with wash rags? Like, what are you doing? I don't get dish towels. Like, why have like a dirty towel in your kitchen that you only wash once a week that you're using to clean up everything? That's fucking disgusting. That's where you cook. That's where you eat. It's gross. What's the deal with wash rags? What are you white? No. <laughs> That's no. a bad joke. Yeah. Also, I don't really have a big big issue with kitchen towels. I just sometimes I think about it because I'll wipe up something gross and not tell my other roommates that I did that. Do you ever have like a dire situation where you're dropping a deuce and there's no more toilet paper? Like, like what do you do? You're an artist. We're creative. What did I do last time that happened? Do you use a magazine page or something? <laughs> you just jump in the shower? I normally jump in the shower. Um, sometimes I'll like squeeze my cheeks together, do a little waddle to somewhere. Like I'll I'll look around. I'll use trash. I've used trash from the trash can. Oh God, I gotta crit you on that, bro. Yeah, it's, that one's. You gotta find the cleanest gross. sheets and like rip off the clean parts. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to censor that one. Look, here's the thing. In the Philippines, I grew up with what you call tabo. Uh, notebooks out. Write this down. Tabo is a little plastic bucket with a handle, and you always, always, always have a little basin of water next to you when you're taking a dump, or you fill it up in the sink if you have a working sink in the Philippines. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and you fill it up with fill that shit up with water. Scoop up some water and you wipe your ass with it. Yes, you do use your hand, but guess what? That's way more sanitary than using a dry ass piece of paper to smear around that doo doo around your rim you know you don't use the water water is where our planet is what it is because of water do you drink it after you can no you don't want to drink that water you'll get worms and then you'll never shit yeah that's disgusting thank you intern so much for showing up to work today um we're considering offering you a part-time temporary position um maybe We'll talk about it. All right, till next time. We'll have to do a performance review. But thank you for listening. I hope that your notebooks are big and thick and juicy with dripping with info. Yeah, we gave you so much good content and then some bad content at the end there, but we'll we'll edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll just yeah. Don't thought just pretend you didn't hear it. Yeah. All right. Thank you everyone from Baltimore, Dubai. It's art pros.